Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engineering Student Experience Podcast. I'm Paul Nissenson from the Mechanical Engineering Department at Cal Poly Pomona. This is a special episode of the podcast. It was recorded on March 24th, 2020, as the world is undergoing a global pandemic of a novel coronavirus, which causes the COVID-19 disease. Events are changing very rapidly. Throughout the U.S. and the rest of the world, schools have been closed. Instruction has shifted from face-to-face, in-classroom lectures to an online environment. And phrases like social distancing and flattening the curve have entered our lexicon. Stay-at-home orders and social distancing policies have been widely enacted throughout the world, and many of us are simply waiting. In the U.S., we're waiting for the first major waves of COVID-19 cases to hit hospitals, as we've seen throughout Europe recently. And what happens next? No one really knows for sure. We are indeed living in an unprecedented time. I was an undergraduate student during the 9-11 attacks and a graduate student during the Great Recession, both of which greatly impacted society. But both of those events left the American educational system largely unchanged. This pandemic has caused the single greatest shock to the American educational system in living memory, and it is against this backdrop of extreme uncertainty that this episode was recorded. In the first 10 episodes of this podcast, I focused on topics that are evergreen. That is, they should be relevant today and relevant 10 years from now. Before this crisis, I had recorded a few episodes on other evergreen topics, such as what it's like to be an engineer in the music industry, what it's like to be a freshman engineering student, and what the field of electrical engineering is all about. My plan was to slowly release these evergreen episodes over the next few months, but this pandemic has created a unique opportunity to capture the thoughts of engineering students and faculty during a moment of extreme change. I will eventually release those evergreen episodes, but my priority now is to put out episodes that focus on how this COVID-19 crisis is affecting people in engineering programs. I don't know if these episodes recorded during this crisis will be useful years from now, but I felt compelled to record them. At the very least, maybe they'll help you feel a little less isolated during the turbulent months ahead. I recorded this episode while hunkering down at home in Southern California, and I'm joined online by two current mechanical engineering students from Cal Poly Pomona, Uman Kazrayi and Robert Freeman, both of whom have taken at least one class with me over the years. Uman and Robert share their thoughts and concerns about the current situation, both regarding their personal lives and academic lives. We also discuss the difficulties and possible benefits of being forced to rapidly transition from a face-to-face instructional format to an online format. And I plan on following up with John and Robert in the weeks ahead to hear how they're managing through this crisis. This episode was recorded about one week after my university switched to an online format, and I plan on following up with Uman and Robert in the weeks ahead to hear how they're managing through this crisis. Before we get to the interview, I want to emphasize that events are changing very rapidly 
And by the time you listen to this interview, the situation on the ground may be dramatically different. Also, I want to make you aware that the audio quality will be a bit poorer than normal since I had to conduct the interview online with less than ideal equipment. In addition to the degraded sound quality, you may hear the occasional dog bark or car driving by, but I think the sound quality is good enough given the circumstances. Hopefully you'll forgive me. And finally, I uh, also want to apologize for the upbeat music played at the beginning of the episode and during transitions. I haven't had time to find more appropriate, somber-sounding music that is open source and free to use. At any rate, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, today I am talking with Human Kazrayi and Robert Freeman both of whom are undergraduate engineering students at Cal Poly Pomona. So before we begin, Uman, Robert, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your days during this, this crazy time. Yeah, hey, you're welcome. So for the listener, uh, it'd be a little helpful if you could descri- uh, describe some of your background. So, um, you know, what's your major? What year are you? Are you almost out of college? Uh, are you part of any clubs? Anything that you think the listener uh, could use to help better understand who you are? So I'm in mechanical engineering. I'm in my third year at CPP, sixth year total, hoping to graduate this semester. Uh, this year I was the chief engineer on the Baja SAE team. Uh, so that really filled up a lot of my time and has been heavily affected by this. And then I'm currently in controls, thermal systems, and uh, vibrations, and then other senior level courses. So uh, I'm a mechanical engineering student, just like Robert. This will be my fourth year and hopefully my final year at Cal Poly. Um, coursework is primarily my three final uh, senior level classes, FEA, mechatronics, and controls, and clubs. Uh, I'm with Pi Tau Sigma and a chemical engineering club known as Materials Advantage. Great. Yeah, so we've, we've all been going through a lot during the past couple of weeks. So first of all, how are you both holding up? It's getting easier now. It's definitely it was shocking at first, but now things are kind of calming down enough to where I can predict what I'm doing the next day, which is really nice. Uh, I've just been trapped at home because uh, the whole online classes and I live with an 80 year old woman so it's like I really got to limit what my exposure but honestly it's not too bad I can still get my work done it's just the whole motivation I guess you can say since you don't have that like physical aspect of actually going out and going to classes yeah so have you had to cancel any trips because of this anything either school related or or spring break related uh so I'm taking a wine class for fun, and we're supposed to go to a winery. That ended up getting canceled. But, I uh, ended up, all the Baja SAE competitions were canceled, so I was supposed to be going to Arizona in April and Illinois in June and compete with the car we made. And at this point, the competitions have gone virtual, which we don't quite know what that means yet. We just know there's going to be no physical racing of the vehicle this year, which has definitely been a big punch in the gut. Yeah. How many hours do you think that you spent uh, in a, you know, a typical week preparing for this event? Uh, that- 
minimum 30, a lot of the times pushing 40 to 50. Wow, that's a tremendous amount of time, but hopefully you learned a lot along the way and yeah, and the, the competition's just the yeah. icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remind myself that for sure. Yeah, so I heard Uman's talking about staying at home, so he's doing the whole social distancing thing. Have you been keeping up with that too, Robert? I've been definitely, I moved back home to be with my parents, so um, just so I wasn't alone the whole time, but yeah, other than going outside at some points to ride my bike during the day, yeah, it's just sit in my room, do my homework. So were you all surprised by how fast everything has changed? And, and what's your, your general overall thoughts about the situation in this moment regarding both, you know, how society has changed and also how your school has changed, your schoolwork's changed? I was, I definitely was shocked. I mean, Two weeks ago, we had career fair on campus, and then a week later, we were shut down. So it was just, we went from inviting employers to our campus to then, no, not even the students were allowed. So definitely, it moved super quick, and it went from something like, oh, this will maybe be an issue to, wow, this is a huge issue, uh, and that really, really surprised me. Um, for me, I'm kind of laissez-faire with it. I'm just going with the flow. And so, and my classes are online based as well. So like my controls and mechatronics, like granted online lectures are kind of weird, but we still use MATLAB and uh, ANSYS or NASTREN. And so I'm always gonna be on a computer. So it really hasn't really changed the aspect, I guess. Just the fact that I lost that social interaction. Mm. Have you been trying to do any kind of social interaction with friends through games or uh, any other kind of um, media? Uh, yeah, so like during the weekdays while everyone's at work, we just have, because uh, they're working from home as well. So we just pop up Google Hangouts and like we just FaceTime each other while we're working. Then uh, I have my landlady yeah. and her mom at the house. And so her family comes on every now and then. Yeah, how about you, Robert? Uh, yeah, I've been the same way. Uh, I've used fourth FaceTime more, I swear, in the last few days than I have in the whole rest of my life. Um, along with that, like, I'll just put up a, a Zoom link with my teammates and we'll just pop on and people will come in and out of it and just hang out with each other because we definitely, I think it, everyone's really now starting to feel that stir crazy moment where, wow, we've been trapped inside and not been able to do anything for a while. Yeah, this weekend I had a couple of Zoom uh, dinners with friends and family. So, <laughs> um, so before this entire crisis happened, what was your general attitude toward online courses? So, ha did you ever take an online course, or had instructors who integrated, you know, a lot of online content, like maybe videos, into their courses? Because um, now everyone is basically teaching online, or at the very least, forced to use a lot of online resources. I personally had always been a big fan of online courses. Um, I definitely tried to take them when possible, but I also realized like the, the limits of math and science-based courses on online teaching. But I definitely think gonna kind of usher in a new era of looking at what's like possible to teach online and open up more options for students, especially like CPP where we have a lot large amount of students taking or working full-time while going to school. Now we can have them be able to work better, you know, go to school better around their work schedule. Like I do, 
like the aspect that it kind of helps if you work, but with engineering, it's kind of like you need that hands-on experience, like being able to sit in a classroom, because what's the difference? What really is like the benefit of going to school if you're just gonna be online when you can just watch YouTube videos and everything? Like a professor can actually see the feedback of the students and like answer questions a bit more directly or like, you know how students don't raise their hands, like if they have questions, they just stare at the board. Professors can see them, they would try to go over things without us having to actually say like that we have a problem. Yeah, it's extremely odd for me to kind of stare into a webcam and uh, I get, I'm getting almost no feedback in real time if what I'm saying makes sense to you guys. So <laughs> it's weird for us all. <laughs> so how have your instructors been adapting to this new move online, to online instruction? Uh, I would say two of mine are doing really well. They're ace synchronous courses, pre-recording the lectures, and then they open themselves for office hours during our typical uh, course time when we were on campus, um, which I love. It allows me to kind of plan my day around taking the courses kind of when I want, but I have another professor who just is really adapting to the technology or the new way of teaching, um, and I can definitely see that one going not so well as the classmates try and work with him to express what we need for to learn my professors have been reacting differently i guess i'd say like for my phone classes they've decided to change up how they present the material because to them will be they will just be lecturing off powerpoints and that wasn't as invitive i guess so they decided to do like a whole uh talk to us and then have us fill out a sheet like a fill in the blank kind of thing but those are for my phone classes. For my engineering classes, um, one professor's, he's kind of changing up the how the classes presented and then got us like online software so it'd be easier for us to work online. And he does pre-recorded lectures. Uh, another professor, I don't know what he's doing because we were supposed to have class today and he never sent out a video or anything. So we don't know if we had class or not. And then my third and last engineering professor, he just submitted or he posted a bunch of uh, pre-recorded lectures. Okay, so I, from what I'm hearing for you, from you both, is that so far in only, you know, just to give the listeners some, some context, it's about a bit, been about a week into this grand experiment. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been kind of hit or miss. Right, very okay. much so. And Umin, I'm, uh, so you know, you don't consider engineering Class is fun, huh? Is it, are you calling me out? Wait. Yeah. No, Wait. because it's not really. In what, in what scenario? Just overall? No, no. You, you, you distinguish between fun classes and engineering classes. Well, fun because I'm doing it because I want to. I could just, because I'm still technically full time. But there's a stuff I want to learn, I guess, for my, uh, social aspect, I guess, for myself. I'm not really doing it for a career. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. Okay. Have you heard a lot of stories from your classmates about how they've been uh, adapting to this move to online instruction? And what are some of the biggest challenges that uh, your classmates have experienced? So, um, you know, we're talking uh, through Zoom, which is, I guess, going to be the software of the year. 
Uh, it's kind of saving higher education right now because so many people are using it to teach. Um, so it sounds like you both have- it's time to buy a stock. <laughs> it jumped 20% yesterday. <laughs> so, so you both probably have access to decent Wi-Fi, but have you heard of uh, your classmates who might not have access to good Wi-Fi or maybe have housing insecurity, which makes it difficult for them to get access to any Wi-Fi? Yeah, um, one of my actual, a good friend that she goes to Chapman University, she's actually now been staying with my family because she go home to her parents in Prescott because the Wi-Fi is so bad there, she wouldn't re be able to reliably take her classes. And now, you know, you can't do things we used to do, like go to a Starbucks to get internet, you're stuck at home. So that one's like really been affecting her. I know she's not a CP classmate, but seeing that can't go home because she needs to still go to school has definitely been wild. I've been hearing from students that they're concerned that there's gonna be a recession, that their job market and their internships aren't secure. And so like they're kind of, some of them are panicking or like really nervous. And so I've heard from other students like their internships working with them, like they're doing a video conference and all that. So they don't have to actually have to fly out to the facility uh, where they'll be interning at. Um, I heard some companies are doing online interviews and like that seems to be like a growing trend because no matter what positions need to be filled. But on the whole Wi-Fi aspect, um, because whenever I go to the library, I see students on computers all the time. And so I don't know if they're on the computers because of the fact they don't have a computer with them or good Wi-Fi, or if it's because like they just don't want to bring their computer to school because it's just a giant thing to carry. So we've already talked about some of the negative aspects of online teaching. So you've already talked about how some instructors might not be fully prepared uh, to be teaching online or maybe don't know best practices. You've talked about how it's kind of hard to motivate yourself sometimes, perhaps, if you don't actually, if you're not actually yeah, if, it, if you don't actually go to class and, and you've talked about how you miss the social interaction aspect of things. But have you seen some positive aspects of online teaching so far? For me, what I enjoy the most is be able to manage when I go to class and create a life outside of it. Like a big thing I used to do before I transferred to Pomona was I used to ride bikes at a almost professional level. And now with this new change to online classes, I can go ride all day and then, you know, take all my classes at night. And I really have been enjoying it. It's definitely been helping me through this whole quarantine process, be able to get outside. But I definitely miss the hands-on aspect. How about you, Min? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something positive. It's like I'm still able to interact with my friends, so I have that social aspect. Just being at school was really nice because it gave me like face-to-face because -face. for me it was always work, school, then coming back home and just relaxing because I just had a pretty packed schedule. But now it's like I have to do all that, but I don't have that main social interaction. But yeah, I can't really think of anything that's really beneficial. Yeah, I can like move around my classes and go to another section, but then that's just like one or two hours difference, I guess, from when I would start the class. So it sounds like the positives don't even come close to outweighing the negatives for you. No, not really. Like I'm not sure if I can actually even work more because of the fact that my classes have set start times and the ones that do record, like they're kind of like in the middle of the day or something like that. So we still don't know how all this online instruction is going to shake out over the next couple months, but 
even at this early stage, do you see any potential lasting effects that, you know, after we return to some sense of normalcy, we have, have in-person classes again, maybe that won't happen until the fall, but once that happens, do you see how faculty may change how they interact with students online? I, I definitely hope this causes like a tide of change in education where people start to truly understand what can be online and maybe not so much with engineering, but with a lot of GEs, I think you can really still offer high quality course content while providing that asynchronous uh, lifestyle that can help a lot of students. So I really hope as opposed to net baby stepping into the world of online teaching, now a lot of people are going to be forced to do it and be like, hey, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to, I want to teach more classes online next semester. I know it'd help a ton of students to be able to have that flexibility. I don't know if there's going to be anything permanent because maybe for you and the younger generation of teachers, but we have a lot of older generation teachers as well. And they're kind of standing their ways and they're going to teach best the way that they're most comfortable in. And then once you change like their teaching methodology, the quality of the education you'll be receiving will adjust because of that. And so I don't know if they want to like change necessarily. Because mm. if, if it takes them too long and they're going to retire, then they soon, then what's the point in changing? Yeah, that's what makes life exciting, right? You, you, uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know how it's going to play out. So along those lines, right now, we are kind of hunkering down in our houses. The, it seems like the worst from what everyone tells us, the worst is ahead of us in terms of you know, possible hospitalizations and other kind of um, huge issues with, with you know, public health care. Um, how does it feel to be in the middle of this crisis without knowing how it's all gonna play out? And, and if you had to, uh, what kind of predictions would you make for how the next couple of months is gonna play out? Or would you even try to guess? So I've been reading up on this and it's quite interesting. So since we don't currently have a cure for it and because it's quite dangerous for the elderly, this whole COVID-19, um, I think we're going to be going to maintain the social distancing for a longer period of time because of the fact it's the only thing that we can do to actually prevent a lot of deaths. For the elderly and there's been some studies come out that seems to affect younger people as well but what i've been reading is we're going to do a whole like lockdown period for like a little bit then we're going to go to social distancing then lockdown again then repeat for a couple months because even for a vaccine to come into markets like 18 months or something like that and so i think the earliest estimate was by december unless like the fda has some fast track that they'll approve of how about you, Robert? Do you have any predictions of, of how the next couple of months are going to play out? Um, here and there. I mean, first of all, it's crazy sitting here and realizing this is going to be a moment, moment taught in history classes in the future. And to be really recognizing your dream living through is, is really wild. But um, I mean, I think if you watch where everything's going, money talks and a lot of people that make a lot of money are losing that money right now and they're going to want that to stop. So there'll be pressure to push through a vaccine. Um, whether or not that vaccine will be quality is a different story, but we'll see where that one goes. 
I definitely think we'll be on this quarantine stuff for at least, you know, till the beginning of summer. And it really depends on how much that curve ends up flattening because at the end of the day, we're quarantined to reduce the, the strain on the hospitals. So if it hits a point where the number of uh, new infections doesn't strain the hospital, then we could, you know, return to a more of a normal life, but that's going to definitely take a moment and everyone's going to be cautious about returning to normal life. And we don't want to go back to normal life and have it go back to quarantine. So mm. it's definitely gonna be a moment before we get out of here and return to <laughs> seeing our friends. Do you think there might be some like permanence from this? Because you can see the benefits like pollution has been reduced. Italy's waters have been gotten a lot cleaner. Nature has been returning. So do you think there might be something where we may slowly move off to like a four-day work week or something like that? I think that's an interesting question. Um, a lot of companies are still surviving uh, with people working at home. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of companies then would be more open to the idea of people working at least some portion of the week at home. In terms of things like pollution, I, I don't know if... Actually, that, that would greatly help, you know, reduce pollution if people only drive to work, say, four days instead of five days. You'll, you'll be driving less cars. There'll be less demand for fossil fuels. I, there could be those kind of side benefits as well. I think it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for our economy to recover, and that's going to be largely dependent upon how long we keep everything shut down for. I think... I think we're going to go right back to flying airplanes, driving to work, driving everywhere, and pollution will come back. We know it. Um, that's a lot of diehard habits that people, I don't think, are going to want to totally relinquish for the rest of their lives. I think everyone will want to return to normalcy. I don't really think about, I mean, or put it a different way, there's been, people have been arguing for the environment for years and nothing's happened. And the only reason it's happened now is because a lot of people will die and we're slow, still slow cooking the frog uh, with the environment as opposed to having major change happening. So, yeah, I would, I would say though, that, that there has been, if you look at the time scale of a generation or so there, there has been significant change, but you're right that it, especially with greenhouse gas emissions, the rate that we are um, producing them is, is far below the rate what most scientists are, are um, saying is necessary to reduce the worst effects of global climate change. So yeah, who knows if, if this will lead to some, you know, this shock will lead to, to some change in how we use fossil fuels. Um, I think that's, <laughs> those are questions that are, are interesting to ponder. Uh, but at the moment, most of us are just concerned about being able to go to a restaurant again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's your, what's your number one concern right now at this moment? Can I get a job for mm -hmm. me? Um, I was in talks with four companies prior to this lockdown. Uh, two of them are continuing to still kind of move forward the process. We've gone through the video interview phase or interview phases. Um, so it really comes down to a selection type thing. But two others have called me saying we're on a hiring freeze for the time being and we'll contact you when that changes. So mm. uh, I was at a point where I was in my head, I was probably about four weeks out or less of having that job nailed down for graduation. 
and be able to plan where I was going to go. And now um, I don't know where that's going to go. And so I'm looking at other opportunities like UC Riverside has waived its GRE for its uh, MBA program. So I'm going to apply to that in case the job thing falls through. Yeah, what's your number one concern right now, Uman? Uh, graduating, like since I can already have a job lined up, um, the whole, it's kind of contingent like all jobs on graduation. And so just having motivation to do my classes, being able to learn what I need to, to pass the tests. I think on that note, it'd be really interesting to see uh, data put out from this semester of what the grades distribution was compared to a regular semester or quarter and see if there's like, I would imagine we're gonna see more of a true bell curve with a very large amount of people in that C range. Cause I can't imagine a ton of professors failing people for trying their best right now. Yeah, it's uh, some universities have moved to a pass fail system because they recognize that this is just such an odd time that to use grade like letter grades is you know, how do you, how, how do you judge if someone's done well in an online class? It's, it's a very difficult thing and, and it's difficult for the students too. So, so far, yeah. at least at our university, we're not, we haven't decided to move that direction, but who knows that that's always a possibility as well. But uh, no, I, I think that people are going to be extremely forgiving. Mm -hmm. um, I think that most instructors recognize that we are just all trying to survive this together. There's a sense of unity, I think, among faculty members and and I would hope students as well. Um, yeah. And we still want to maintain our standards, but it's, it's difficult because I don't know if any of the faculty in my department at least have ever given like an online final exam. And right. so we're used to people coming to a classroom, you know, the traditional sitting down, here's a piece of paper, you got two hours and we can, we can monitor that, we're used to that, but then how do we do that in an online situation that would give us the same level of um, satisfaction that we're maintaining the integrity of the test? And there's a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes discussing how we could accomplish something that would at least get us to a, a level where we feel that we have satisfactorily maintained the integrity for the vast majority of students. So. Yeah, we're, we're figuring all of this out for the first time and there's going to be mistakes. Everybody is learning together. No one's, no one has the, you probably, probably, probably professor have the biggest hands up on everyone <laughs> because you've been using the online stuff, but yeah. even still, I know you've probably been struggling. Um, it's very bizarre to just talk into a webcam and uh, most people turn their webcams off. So I can't see, I get no feedback. So it's, I, I'm, I'm guessing it makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> no, so. Oh, so you're saying like you, you would like for us to have our webcams on? I don't know if it would make a difference, honestly, because I, you know, if, if I'm live, I can hear, I can see, everything's integrated into one big picture that I'm used to dealing with. But online, I mean, I don't want people's mics to be on generally unless they want to talk because, you know, you might have dogs barking or other things. So yeah, it's like, or if I make like some joke in class, I can know if it falls flat right away or not, but I can't online. So it's like, it's like, okay, I'm just laughing to myself now or something. It's anyways. So one day this crisis will pass. So for other engineering students who might be going through a crisis in the future and listening to this podcast, 
or you know, who might be going through this crisis now and are listening to this podcast, do you have any advice for them to how to get through it? Keep chugging. It will end someday. We, you know, we don't see that light at the end of the tunnel quite yet on this crisis, but someday it will be over. Life will return to normal. And even if it's not following, your life isn't now following the path you intended to take, the path you're now on will definitely work out too. Uh, there would always be something that makes life difficult, but the most important thing will be your health. Try not to stress out. Make sure you get some sort of exercise to help with that. Go outside every now and then, move around. You go to school for a career that you hopefully enjoy and that you want to do the rest of your life in. And so make it in this career because you enjoy it. So chuck through these painful years of college and it's all worth it. Well, thank you so much, Uman and Robert. I would love it if we could follow up with you maybe in a few weeks when most experts are saying this is gonna really start ramping up, the crisis that is. And maybe also at the end of the semester, which will be about a month and a half from now, just to see how your opinions and attitudes change over time. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. All right, well, good luck. Thank you. I would like to again thank Uman Kazrayi and Robert Freeman for spending some time with me to share their personal experiences of what it's like to be an engineering student in the early stages of this public health crisis. I'm hoping that we can catch up with them in the near future to check on their situation. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are a few ways to support it. You can subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. You can rate the podcast and leave comments on whatever app you use to listen to the podcast. And finally, you can help spread the word about the podcast by telling your friends, family, classmates, or whoever you think would benefit from this podcast. If you have any comments about this episode, feel free to email me at tesepodcast at gmail.com, and I'll place the email address in the show notes. I'll personally read each email and try my best to respond to all of them. Goodbye for now, and good luck, everyone.